Can you say amen to Jesus? Well, I am not him. I'm not tall. Probably not handsome. But I am dark. But he, our pastor, and Miss Kimberly are away today in partnership with the Legacy Ministry. He will be away on Tuesday speaking at the Chapel of Lee University, which is our Church of God flagship university. Several thousand students, and he was a student there, as Kimberly was. And uh, now he returns as a speaker. You pray that he does real good because done real well a few years ago, but now he's going back home. There may be a few people who have rocks and stones and such that, uh, that you pray for him. Later on this week, Pastor J.C. will conduct the memorial service of his father who went to be with the Lord recently. So with that kind of load, we need some prayers. Can I get an amen? Yes, we do. I want to take a moment as it has become our good custom and tradition to welcome those who join us by way of live streaming. We welcome you wherever you are, even if you are in our parking lot. We welcome all those at Germantown and West Atlanta campus. Of course, you that are here. And one of the highlights of our welcoming and honoring are those who have served in the military, are serving in the military. And we thank God for you and the way you look after us and have looked after us. So tying all those appreciations together, would you join me really uh, heartily and let's clap together and give the Lord thanks and give them honor. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Now, I know that uh, the Super Bowl is the highlight of this evening, so I have made an agreement with myself that I will try to let you out in time. But I don't always like to mix preaching and spirituality with sports, so I really don't intend to tell you Chiefs who I'm pulling for, and uh, I don't like to mix it up with the, you know, Chiefs I'm pulling for tonight, and uh, preaching, and all your family Chiefs are going to be there this evening, and so just be sure to you know, enjoy Chiefs, I mean, enjoy your family, and uh, I trust that I have not compromised your decision, Chiefs. Uh, so, it'll be fun, and I know it will be, I always like to see those things. In honor of His Word, I want you to stand with me. If you'd like to use your scriptures on your phone or the text you've brought with you, we're going to look at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. And we're going to begin this series on miracles with this word and continue next week and until the time determined for us to change to another series. For me, at this time in my life, where I am, what I've been praying for, what I need, this, this series... It's going to be what I need right now. Perhaps of all the series done recently, and maybe what will be done in the future for me, for me, because the urgency of where I am, I need this series now. And I trust that if you do, we'll both experience answers 
and rejoicing. So here we are, chapter 10, verse 46. I'll read and, and you follow, please. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Amen to the word. Before you're seated, reach your hands in my direction. I would appreciate you praying a prayer that the Lord will help me to speak his word so I can help you. Would you do that now as we pray for each other? Father, we thank you, God, for your word that is alive and is life-changing. Folks who got up this morning and they got prepared and the Lord have driven here today and entered your house, not because they want to decorate a chair, not because they want to look spiritual or holy, but we need something from you, God. We want to see each other. We want to fellowship. But there are things that we cannot do for ourselves of which we need you to do for us. So I pray that you would... Uh, uh, Lord, for lack of a better way to say it, to break out in our midst. and Let us not quench your spirit, because as we obey, we are free. Amen? You may be seated. So I'm going to give you two definitions of the word miracle. And uh, I trust it will help us to establish a little groundwork for where we're headed. On this uh, word, I'm going to call by title, if I can, a real eye-opener. Boy, nobody like that. Uh, you know, I heal blind man, I open. I hope we get a little more peppy later on this word. Here's the first definition of the two, miracle. A miracle is a surprising and welcome event that is not explainable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Here's a second. Miracles are extraordinary or unnatural events where God purposefully intervenes in human history. Now I wish I'd put that on the screen, but let me read it again because I did not. Let me just drive it home. Miracles are extraordinary or unnatural events where God purposefully intervenes in human history. For example, this is what happened when God created the heavens, the earth, the seas, and everything in them in six days. That's a miracle. A miracle is what happened when Joshua commanded the sun 
to stand still. Wow. A miracle is what happened when the donkey spoke to the prophet. And donkeys still speak. I heard a couple of them talking to each other the other day. Still speak. Miracle. This is what happened when Elijah and Elisha performed miracles. You read these miracles, they'll build your faith. A miracle is what happened when Jesus performed the miracles, when Jesus rose from the dead, when Jesus ascended into heaven, and when Jesus comes again in the clouds. That too will be part of his miracle working repertoire. This is what happened, a miracle. Every time any Christian performs a miracle or receives an answer to prayer, unexplainable, supernatural, God. So now we go to the text. Something remarkable happened on a crowded road just outside the ancient city of Jericho. Scripture says a large crowd of people followed the Lord Jesus as he traveled to Jerusalem. Suddenly, the Lord stopped. Within a few moments, the Lord would open his uh, checkbook, if you will, heaven's checkbook, and he would make available to one man the full resources of all of God's blessings. The one man was a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. He cried out to the Lord for mercy, and the Bible said that Jesus stopped, called him, and asked him this question. What do you want me to do for you? Now, that is an amazing question, and I'll explain why it's an amazing question. With that question, the Lord God of eternity put himself in the service of a blind beggar. Bartimaeus had never had much more than some loose change for his pocket and rags on his back. Yet at that moment, the whole world was offered to him by Jesus. Now it's interesting to me how there was a crowd gathered around Jesus, so many people. But Christ asked this question to only one man, Bartimaeus. How would you like to hear the Lord Jesus say to you today in this house, what can I do for you? As Jesus passes by in these aisles and near where you sit, as Jesus passes by in this gathering, what do you need from him? The reality is that Jesus does not stop and make himself available to everybody. He makes himself available to those who call on him and seek him. Now, how do we get the Lord to stop by where you're sitting and offer us the kind of help we need? How can you get the Lord to say, what is it that you want me to do for you? Through this memorable story of Bartimaeus, we are taught how we can get Christ to intervene for us. Through this story, though very simple, yet miraculous, we're told how we can receive Something miraculous. Now, this question asked to Bartimaeus in verse 51 of our text is a question that is reserved 
for a very specific group of people. Notice that we, the people in the scripture, the people that are offered the opportunity to be blessed are, number one, those that request his attention. The Lord will stop by and speak to us if we invite him to. In verse 46 it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with the disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. With a large crowd around Jesus, traveling down the road from Jericho to Jerusalem, that day outside of Jericho, there was only one person that was crying out to Jesus. One. Verse 47 says, And when he, Jesus, heard that it was, um, pardon me, when he, Bartimaeus, heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth coming down the road, he began to cry out and to say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You see, the, the people to whom Jesus makes himself available are not just those who surround him, but those who seek him. Jesus doesn't just make himself available to folks who just hang out with him. Jesus ain't interested in hanging out with you. I made that up and that's all the response I got. It's good to surround him because even the bread crumbs that fall off his table is good enough to bless you. But it's better to seek him. This is what Bartimaeus was doing. Here's, here are a couple of thoughts that speaks to us of how Bartimaeus sought the Lord for his healing. Number one, he sought with desperation. You say the word desperation? In both verse 47 and 48, Mark chooses an interesting word to describe the way Bartimaeus got the Lord's attention. The Bible says that Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus. The Greek word translated cried is a word that is used to describe the squawk of a raven. You ever heard a squawk of a raven? It's a loud scream. It's an anguishing call. It's piercing to get your attention. Bartimaeus found out that the Lord Jesus was passing by. He didn't offer no half-hearted kumbaya, my Lord. You know, part of our problem is, all we know to pray is God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. You're 40 years old, you're still praying that. By his hands we are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. You're still praying that prayer that your mom and daddy pray with you before you went to bed. You know what I'm saying, isn't it? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, that kind of prayer surely will kill you. I pray the Lord my soul to take. 
There comes a time in our lives when the crowd is so large and the screaming is so strong and the devil is in our head that we just don't need to say kumbaya, my Lord. If you got a minute, I'll take a penny. No, no. When we, there's some time we got, to, we got to do like Bartimaeus do. We say, I don't care about the crowd. I don't know what they need, but I need my eyes open. And the crowd, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. Give the Lord a hand clap. Wake up your neighbor. I know you didn't think I had it in me, but I got some more left. Half-hearted prayer. When's the last time you prayed with desperation? Have you ever cried out to the Lord as if your whole life depended upon his hearing you? Bartimaeus wanted the Lord's attention. But here's something else. He didn't just cry with desperation. He cried with determination. Say that word, determination. Determination. The crowd was, was following Jesus that day. Must have been a group, of, a group of Baptist people. Because when Bartimaeus called out real loud, Shook the place up with his calling. The folk around him went, shh, 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 hush, hush, hush. And some of you are the same way in church. You're in the Pentecostal church. And you, you kind of don't want to praise the Lord. Man, if you're looking for Jesus, you need to holler out. I don't mean to disrupt the service, but in some churches, if somebody gives a little hallelujah and they lift up their pinky to praise the Lord, the rest of the folks have a heart attack. Somebody says, well, Jesus ain't dead. Why you got to holler? <laughs> because he's alive. That's why I got to do it. Now, you're going to see about 80,000 half-drunk people out in a stadium somewhere tonight. And uh, I could have left that alone. There ain't no Holy Ghost. But I will say it. If you can get stoned for the devil, well, I feel something coming on. And if I don't get some help, I'll just help myself. And if you throw anything at me, I'll go behind the curtain. I'm just saying, somebody says, if you are happy, notify your face. I heard about one church where, uh, where uh, somebody died during the service. Called the paramedics, the paramedic came in, and, and they took off 50 people out of there before they found a really dead person. Somebody said, that ain't going to be me. You got to be determined. Folks get in line because they want to go to the game. I'm not against it. But they're determined to take their cot and their blanket and stay all night because they want to get the ticket. Can I get an amen? Folks want to go to, I'm not against it if you go to the right game and the right concert. But you are determined to get that autograph. You are determined to see that game. I'm saying to you that Jesus Christ is worth more than a game and more than an autograph. If you want him, he is available. Thank you, Jesus. Determination. Look at the determination here. Verse 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Shut up. But he cried the more with a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Ignoring the, the crowd's attempt to muzzle him, Barnabas, Barnabas, Barnabas kept crying out 
And Mark said he cried out so loud when he heard Jesus is coming down the road, he cried out even the louder when folks said, be quiet. You know, I don't know how many times Jesus will come down your way. I, I know if you ask him, he'll be there. But like Bartimaeus, I'll, I'll say this geographically. Bartimaeus been sitting by that curb a long, long time. He didn't want to sit there, but that's all he could do. Somebody brought him out in the morning, gave him his little tin cup or his little clay jar sitting by the curve, put his cloak on him and give him a little bit of bread to eat because they ain't coming back at lunch and they may come back at, uh, in the evening if it's dark or whatever, they may not get there. It'll rain on you, but you're staying on that curb. Uh, some animal may come by and you're still sitting on that curb. The dust will blow in your face, but you're still sitting on that curb. And so I don't know how long he's been there, what he was doing, but one thing I do think he said, if Jesus... Jesus is coming by this way. It may be my only time to get what I need. So I'm going to stand up. I'm going to clap. I'm going to holler. I'm going to yell because this may be my last time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Doesn't it feel good to praise the Lord? Amen. Yeah, five of you. Thank you, Jesus. Look, look here with me. Bartimaeus was determined that Jesus may pass by without stopping, but it will not be because he did not hear the beggar crying. Hey, brothers and sisters, this is my confession time. Have you quit praying about some things you need with determination and desperation? Was there a time when you desperately sought the Lord about a matter, but now you hushed, hushed your prayers? You did it, and I did it, because every time we prayed, it seemed to say that he wouldn't hear me anymore. All the signs point to the fact that my cries were useless. And Bartimaeus was determined to cry out in spite of the discouragement he faced. I don't know. Seems like grumbling is uh, more addictive than praising. You know, you won't make many friends grumbling. Oh, they'll, they'll, you know, pray for you once or three or four times. And then when they see you at Walmart, they'll go to aisle number 10 while you're on aisle five. I did that all the time as a pastor. I had so much fun doing that. Call an ID. Mm, must be Kirk. Kirk's off. He, it must be, must be Eddie Kirk. I think ID. I said, mm, my phone's breaking up. No, I'm just simply saying to you that uh, if you're negative, 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 negative. But I prayed and God didn't answer. I went to church and God didn't answer. I gave money and God didn't answer. I did all this. If all you're doing is that for God to answer, you need to be doing that because God is good. You need to be doing that because you wouldn't have nothing if God didn't give you. And so my word, my, oh my, my, my. My word to you is if we're going to do something, praise the Lord. Call out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me show you something else. Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what is it you want me to do for you? Those who will get the answer to that question are those that recognize God's ability to do what we ask. Amen? A key point, if you and I are going to get our blinded eyes open, our lame legs healed, and the heart disease gone, if you and I will have a better kidney and a healthy kidney, if you and I will get a pay raise, our marriage saved, our kids come back to the Lord, we got to look at him and recognize the ability he has. Not maybe he can do it. Not maybe he might look my way. But I believe whether I get it today or tomorrow or next week. 
Because I know he has the ability to do it. So uh, while Bartimaeus is sitting on the roadside, he's been sitting there every day. Misery sometimes, raining on him. You wouldn't want to live like that. So he heard a commotion on the road to Jericho that didn't sound like the usual traffic. So you ask somebody. It sounds like there's more people coming and going on this road, a, a little more populated. Tell me what's going on. And somebody says, Jesus is coming this way today. Oh, hallelujah. Well, he had heard the name Jesus before. And it kind of piqued his curiosity. And they said to him, Jesus of Nazareth is coming this way. Now, the folk who said that most of the people in that crowd knew him as Jesus of Nazareth, meaning that that's the place, Nazareth it is, where he grew up. And it was. But I don't know if Bartimaeus's mommy took him to the synagogue when he was a child where he heard that Jesus is to be the mess messianic Christ. And being the messianic Christ, that means he has come to be the deliverer and the savior. And if it could be the deliverer and the savior, he can be the healer. Healer. And so he cried out the more. He's thinking this may be the Jesus I heard about in Sunday school. Or somebody told me while I was sitting on this curb, somebody kind enough to talk to me. Is this the blind man Jesus? Is this the water-walking Jesus? Is this the dead man rising Jesus? Is this the man turned the water into wine Jesus? Is this the Jesus that took five loaves and two fishes? Oh, I'm feeling really good about this. Is this the Jesus who multiplied five loaves and two fishes and fed 5,000 with 12 baskets left over? If that is the Jesus, I'm going to throw off my coat. I'm going to run in the crowd and I won't stop till I meet him. <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. When I used to preach a lot, I used to, when I get excited like this, I used to say, whoop, glory. I think I'll say it again. Whoop, glory. <laughs> when I say that, I get something in my shoes beside my feet. <laughs> if you're wondering what I am, I am an Indian. I really am. My ancestors from India. But today, I am an American Indian. You can't see them feathers on my head, but I'm doing some dance right now. I'm a wild Indian. I'm all over the world right now. What are you laughing at? You could help me. I'm all over the world. But after preaching services, three today, I'll be a dead Indian. <laughs> hey, look at this. You know, you know why, why Bartimaeus? Uh, pursued Jesus. I said he recognized his ability. Uh, Bartimaeus recognizes Jesus' ability to hear. Can I get a witness? To hear. 
The crowd that day tried to shush, hush, silence the beggar, and yet he kept crying. Hey, uh, I mean no offense by this, but it, it's not your personal thing, it's my personal thing. My dad is 92 years old. He lives in Greenville, South Carolina. He was saved at age 18 from Hinduism, dark Hinduism. He's been preaching the gospel over 70 years, 70 years. He can't hear worth a flip. He can't hear. So he can call, you know, he can call to Jesus. He can do that, but if Jesus calls back, he's lost. <laughs> he does have hearing aids. Small church. Most of his members have died, and he's waiting to die. So it just, I told you that's my business. If I want him to know, I'll put it live. But Valerie's dad. <laughs> He's a retired minister. How old? 86 years old. Man of God. Can't hear with a flip. Got a hearing aids though. But Valerie's dad or my dad don't have to call out to Jesus. They know him real good. But he knows them better. And sometimes when you can't say Jesus, you just think Jesus. Can I get a witness here? Sometimes when you can't lay your hands on your loved ones because you need to anoint them like this. I, I, I mean anoint them. You can lay your hands on them symbolically. I, I'm serious with you. I'm, having, I'm having a little fun with you, and I hope that doesn't take away from the substance. The substance is don't let Jesus pass you by because he has the ability to help you. Let me, let me move us to... Hey, you know, I read this the other day, and... Uh, I didn't use it in the first service, but I'll tell you briefly about the capacity, the potential. The, pot the, the devil knows our potential, and he'll try to shush us. The devil knew that Bartimaeus was on his way to his healing, so he tried. So this coach, this coach in North Carolina years ago, Fred Lynch is the high school boys basketball coach at Laney High School in Wilmington, North Carolina. Fred. He, he had a relatively successful career at Laney High School, and yet Lynch, Coach Lynch, will always be remembered for a decision he made nearly 30 years ago. Coach Lynch cut a skinny sophomore from his varsity roster. That kid was Michael Jordan. I bet that Coach Lynch ate his shoes so many times, but he only did what he saw. Can I get an amen? But the potential was yet to come. So you don't condemn him. You do what you do at that moment, and then it opens up other opportunities to try harder, exercise more, shoot some more hoops. Let, let, let me move on here. Here's a third, and there's the final of, of my three thoughts. Of the people to whom a miracle is given when God says, what can I do for you? Is those that require his assistance. Those that require the assistance of God and will acknowledge that are the people to whom he will give his immediate attention. I, I don't know why I don't get the, come to the music if you will. I don't know why I don't get my miracles when I ask them right away. Before I came here this morning, and I say this as a faith testimony, and maybe it's an incentive for you to do, 
Have my little bowl of raisin bran. Cereal people, any cereal people here? What's ever happened with bacon, eggs, and grits, man? Be whatever your, your breakfast was. I wrote three things down today, and I dated it today because it's that urgent to me. This is urgent to me. If you read those three things, which I don't care for you to, you may just kind of blink your eye and think, so what? But that's not your need. That's my need. Three things. Three things that I cannot do for myself. Believe me, I've tried for years to do one of them. Three things that have, because the answer hadn't come, I have doubted, I have fussed, I have blamed, I have quit. Three things. Not all of them been that duration. But I'll tell you this. I can write down 33 things that the Lord has already done for me that I could not do for myself. Can I get a witness? I need to count my blessings and not my burdens. Somebody say amen. When you feel low and down and out, you don't want to pray, you don't want to read your Bible, you don't want to go to church, you don't want anybody with a good word for you. When you get in that place, find you a place somewhere where you shut the door, you take your Bible, you turn off the phone, you turn off the TV, and you say to God, I'm not going to leave this room until I hear from you. Come on. Yeah. Listen, if you are unable to change your situation, I know somebody who can. Then one more thought. Bartimaeus was unwilling to accept his situation. I can't change it, but I don't have to live like it if Jesus is coming down the road. Amen. Can't change it. Don't have to live like it if I know somebody who can. You know somebody who can. And in this service right now for you, he is at your chair. Or in these, Pastor, how you know that? Because I prayed him in here. Every Sunday, pastoring this church for 33 years, I prayed Jesus in here. How you know he's here? Because if I ask him, he will come. We got this big welcome sign to Jesus out there. So I know he's at your chair. I know he's on your aisle. I know he's back there. I even know he's in the parking lot. The devil of hell can't even come on the parking lot if we don't let him. And he's saying to you through his servant now, what do you want me to do for you? Would you bow, please? Thank you, Jesus. You have been a wonderful congregation to speak to. You have drawn me closer to the word. And I hope I have done that for you. But there are just some things we can't do for each other. But Jesus is saying to you right now, whatever your name is. My name is Alan, of course. Alan, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Joseph, what do you want me to do? And on and on. And I'm going to ask you this. 
If you need a miracle, you need a miracle. That means something you can't do for yourself. Somebody else can't do it for you. You may need one or two or three. He can answer three at one time as well as he can answer one. Pastor, I, I need these miracles. Would you, would you write it on your brain? Of course, I mean that mentally. Would you put it in the computer of your mind right now so you can call it up as time goes on, as the need arises? You can get it now or you can get it later today. But in the interim, just keep calling. Now, if that's you, I, I need a miracle. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to psychologically manipulate you. If that's you, I need a miracle, Pastor Allen. Raise your hands. I got my hands up. I got both hands up. We ain't raising our hands for somebody to see us or impress them. We're not raising our hands. We don't care who's in front of us or behind us or beside us right now. Right now, we care about hollering out to Jesus on the road to Jericho. You may put them down. I would say that's the vast majority of those of you here. Now rise to your feet, please. Would you stand? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want us to just praise him for, uh, just praise him for a few moments, and then we're going to ask him for what we need, okay? I mean, right now, before you ask him for your miracle, I want you to say thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for, God, yeah, just begin to say that. Thank you for healing my body already. Tell him, tell him if you know what you need, thank, thank him by faith. Thank him for your children. Thank him for your marriage. But, Pastor, I need a miracle. Yeah, thank him for them. Lift up both your hands right now. I don't have to teach you. The Holy Ghost is in your mouth. Give him thanks. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for, Lord Jesus, for your house. I thank you, Lord, for your healing. I thank you, God, for my family. I thank you for my wife and my children. I thank you for my job. I thank you for my house. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for my health. Go ahead. Lord, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the Bible. Let's, let's do it. Oh, God, I thank you today for friends that love me and care for me. I thank you for my church. Thank you for my pastors, oh God. I praise you and I bless you. Now with your hands up, I want you to tell him what it is that you want. Go ahead, just tilt your head towards heaven because no need for you to look down at the ground. Just lift your heads to heaven. Come on, just say it. Don't be afraid, just say it. If, if it's personal, then just say it in your head. Father, I thank you right now as I pray for the miracles we need. I'll pray louder than you, so don't be afraid to, to, uh, to pray out. Father, I thank you now. I pray for the healing of cancer. I pray for the healing of heart disease. We need a miracle. I pray for the healing of somebody that needs a new kidney or a new liver in Jesus' name. Come on, help me pray for them. I pray, Heavenly Father, for our marriage to be saved after 20 years. We've got to have your help. I pray for that wayward son or daughter who's gone astray and abusing themselves and still expect others to support them. Bring them home, God. I pray for the prodigal to return home. I pray for the better job, for the pay increase, for a better house. I pray against sin. I pray against addiction. I pray against bondage. I pray against lust. I pray against all kinds of abuse. I need a miracle today, Lord, today. I pray for the right attitude. I pray against cussing and swearing and vulgarity and things I shouldn't look at. Come on. Come on, help me pray here. God, I pray against the attack of the enemy. I pray for division in our family. 
I pray for peace. I praise you for peace. I praise you for peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Just remain standing and we'll let you go in time for the Super Bowl. Hey, uh, why don't you go home today and write you a little something in your Bible or someplace you go or put it in your uh, phone. I need this miracle. Why don't you do that, okay? And then you get you a CD or some kind of Alexa singing and get Patty LaVale on there. Are you ready for a miracle? You ever heard it? Oh, it's about the deadest end of a service I've seen. (laughs) 